0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Articulate Ox podcast, where artists talk about the art that made them artistic. I am your host, Soma 70 and we have a great episode today with my man, Kirk Aztec Yee, and we're talking about 2000s underground hip hop. I have known Aztec for probably 15 plus years. Uh, He's a mainstay of Boston hip hop. He is one of the most respected dudes I know in the scene and for good reason. He's an amazing MC. He's been working with Adult Swim for the past several years on um, Dr. Stone as uh, working on the soundtrack, the music for that. He's taught classes in hip-hop before, he's just an amazing, smart dude, and I really enjoy talking to him. And obviously, 2000s underground hip-hop is something that him and I share and have in common. We both kind of came up in the same time. We were part of the same crew, Project Mayhem, for a little while, back in the, uh, I guess, mid-2000s, and feels like a lifetime ago but um check out his music it's all over spotify check out dr stone and um enjoy our interview so peace aztec uh, you are the man talk to you later peace and once again i forgot to mention stick around till after the episode so you can check out the track change by aztec thank you very much peace Hey, welcome to the Articulate Ox podcast. Our guest today is Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts. What's going on, Aztec? What's poppin'? Glad to have you here. So um, I've known you for probably got close to 15, probably known who you were for close to 20 years. I think I've probably known you for about probably 15. You've been a mainstay of the Boston hip hop um, situation, I don't know, scene. <laughs> like, as long as I've been around it, you've been there. So it's a pleasure to talk to you about this today. You've uh, got tons of albums coming out. You just came back from com because you've been doing some stuff with anime over the years. So
1: uh, I don't know. What's going on? Yeah, man, just uh, pretty much staying busy, uh, mainly in the anime world these days, more so than... uh mean, I'll always be in the hip-hop world. Hip-hop is obviously what it is, you know? But um, yeah, the anime stuff has definitely, like, kind of taken over the past few years. Past, like, I'd say, like, maybe four or five years. anime's definitely been, like, the main... Uh, Um, The main tunnel vision for me, Uh, all while still doing music for myself. It's just um, that has given me the opportunity to kind of do that a little more freely and not have to worry so much about, you know, running in a rat race or chasing a, a scene or whatever, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, we're going to talk the topic you want to talk about today is, you know, underground hip hop from the, from the early two thousands. And I I did a little bit of research going, I mean, we lived through it obviously, but did some research going back and he started, I started looking a little more at what caused the scenes to fall apart and why there were dips and why some of these companies that we love record companies went out of business. And a lot of it is sort of just chasing a scene, you know, and just trying to, it's, it's a tough biz. It's a tough biz to crack a
1: full-time living out of. 100 you ever seen uh you ever seen the documentary adult rappers no i haven't so you should what? check it out if, if not because it's like uh i think it came out i want to say in like maybe 2016 2017 but it's literally all about that era that era that we came up on you know the whole yeah that whole, like def jokes anacon you know baby i got not watch that yeah it's it's very funny it's all the guys we know on That's- it talking about like uh how a- they don't know what to tell people now when they ask what they do for a living. <laughs> yeah. That's so, okay,
0: that's so funny because I had, you know, 3SK, right? Oh, yeah. I had him on a previous episode and I talked to him about my idea for a documentary, which was to talk to some of these rappers from the early 2000s about what they're doing now. Because it's like, I know I mentioned, I think, Jakai on the motor mouth is a friend of mine on Instagram. He does real estate in Las Vegas now. So if you need a place out there, you know, hit right. him up. And it's just like, there was more and more of these I was finding. I'm like, it must be interesting. Cause it's, it's crazy to me, the people that made it and the people that didn't make it. And um, I know the example I always go to is 7L and Esoteric. You know, we all love them coming from around here, but I think there was a time that where they were probably could have been victim to a lot of these people that aren't around. And now they're probably they're bigger than ever. But yeah. I'm glad they made it. Uh, but they, you look at some of these. I was going through the roster on, on Baby Grand, and and some they Jizza Havoc, like all these people, Gene Gray, Immortal Technique, yeah. Jedi Mind yeah. Tricks, like mm-hmm. I don't know. The they gave a lot to um to rappers. So so who was it for you? Who who were the names that really got you going back in those days?
1: Yeah. So I mean, like obviously prior to that was was like the typical you know. Wu-Tang, Nas, Cool G-Rap kind of shit, but like, yeah, beyond that, that, drag yeah, exactly, you know, uh, but that era of like underground hip-hop, the early 2000s is like, kind of like, that coincides with when I decided to really try to be an MC, so like, that stuff is what really um kind of made me feel like I was part of something, you know, like underground hip-hop kind of, I felt like I was part of something when I discovered that shit, so like, it was definitely, I, I want to say the first album that did that for me was probably Violent by Design, uh Jedi Mind Tricks, Found by Tricks. Design. Yeah. Um, I'd say that album was the first time I was because
2: granted they had worked with a
1: lot of Boston cats like SO and, and, and whatnot, Virtuoso and stuff like that. But um I, I discovered that album on my own. Well, my cousin, me and my cousin discovered it all, on our own. And um, I was like, wow, well, these guys are underground, but I'm buying their album in a different state where they're from. So obviously there's a way to do this without right. like being super famous or whatnot. So then I listened to that and I was like, oh, these guys rap just like I do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, um, this is it. You know what I mean? And then, um, from Jedi mind, I found all the cats, you know, that they're obviously associated with, you know, Virtuoso, Esoteric, um, you know, Yeah. um, all of Demigods you know, and
0: Army like, of the Pharaohs, Demi-God, all those guys, about,
1: yeah, Lif, uh, I had, I had known only cause I was so, but prior to, uh, me rapping, I was a B-boy. So, um going to like flow loads events and stuff like that. I had seen acrobatic prior to that, um, but I didn't know he was part of this whole same underground movement. So I got more into him, you know, and um, cats like that. And us being in Boston was kind of a plus side because that was, Boston was almost kind of like home base for that whole scene. Like underground hip hop scene was pretty much based yeah. in Boston. You know yeah,
0: Undergroundhiphop.com I mean? was based in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Ran by uh, Quest, another place was super nice guy.
1: Shout out. Shout out to Quest, shout out to Erroneous, uh, too, you know what I mean? Yeah, Van
0: Styles and who was the mm-hmm. other one, though? DJ Foodstamp did a lot with them, too. We yeah, made a yeah, lot yeah, of dope yeah. mixes.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I, that's that also coincides with that, because then I started going there and spending mad time there. Just I was broke kid, so I wasn't buying shit, but I was just hanging out there yeah. for hours, you know what I mean? And then you'd see cats like Virtuoso come through the door and esoteric, and they just, they were just coming to say what's up, and it was the first time I met a lot of those guys. Um, Kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with I used to go to New York, during that time too, uh, you know, with, with mixtapes to hand them out. I used to go to Fat Beats. And that's where I met cats like Jin originally. I met Jin in front of Fat Beats. I met uh Access Immortal, Breeze of a Flowing. So that's why that era is so yeah. special to me, man, because that was when that kind of like that era of underground hip hop kind of coincides with me becoming Aztec. You know what I'm saying? Like it uh I I mean obviously like I say, people ask my influences. I'm always like, nah, it's cool G Rap, Wu Tang, right, you know, but if you were to ask me like what inspired me to like actually push myself to be in a scene was definitely that underground hip hop scene early two thousand.
0: It's funny because as you said that I was trying because I am we're about the same age, came up around the same time. And mm-hmm. for me, my record with that was God loves ugly by atmosphere. Yeah. Where I would I would just I I, I kind of get into being I wanted to be like a rave DJ, and pretty quickly I was like I was going through records and I was much more intrigued by rap ones again. So I'm like, oh maybe we'll just do hip hop. And I I you saw the line of people you'd heard of and people you hadn't heard of. And mm-hmm. it was sort of felt like the difference between like a guns and roses and like a smashing pumpkins or something, where it's just in like, oh well, there's got to be something to this is came from minnesota they have like four albums and then once you peel that the first layer of the youngin back then you're then you're buying Aesop rock and then it's all these people and mm-hmm. you know, breeze ever, ever flowing was that was a name you couldn't get away from back then that yeah, guy was true.
1: everywhere especially if you were into like watching freestyle battles and stuff like that like there were origins of that shit like he was always uh i seen breeze uh battle at the western front back in oh the that was like 2002 maybe 2001 2002 but um yeah i seen breeze and uh esoteric battle gin that day yeah I mean, was, it was it the gone. super
0: bowl yes yeah god yeah, it was, it was, was... Nice.
1: who put that on back in the day
0: it was well, that wasn't a leads
1: thing was it td3 shout out to td3 oh that was man. td3 holy shit uh, yeah, yeah 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 shout out to td3 because he's still, still yeah throwing battles, man. <laughs> just got married too
0: congratulations <laughs> td3 <laughs> yeah yeah I just hit him up recently cuz I found some old baseball cards and I'm like who could tell me potentially the right person to talk to you if these are worth anything and I'm like there you go that's the
1: guy <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure
0: um but uh yeah that guy's been hustling so mm-hmm. the um so what was it? So do you remember? So obviously we went back to, went to shows in the Middle East back in the day. Um, what were the, how did you move from being somebody, seeing these people in the audience to being on the crowd? Like what were the first couple shows you opened for? Like I mentioned Leeds before, I think he gave a lot of us our first opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Shout out to Leeds. Shout out to Leeds, Yeah. I mean, um still doing it. The first uh, act I ever opened up for was uh, prior to, um, prior to Leeds, And it was prior to me even like being in the South Shores when I was still living in the North Shore. Um, I actually opened up for the Beat Nuts, uh, oh, and nice. man, I think that was my first, like, show that I opened up for somebody. Um, then, like, it would happen randomly, and then, um, you know, leads started putting us on, you know, shows. But I think the first, like, time where it felt like I was really opening up so it was, once again, it was Jedi Mind Tricks um, at the Middle East and uh, those me and, shows uh, were always bananas too crazy. i went to a bunch of was, those <laughs> it was the first time i ever sold out uh for, for a sold out crowd too like a real sold out crowd right not, like you know throughout the night you know ended up good capacity but like yeah because they they, and, uh, they
0: had such local scene they had such ties to the local scene people knew to come really? early because everybody was going to be good
1: yeah exactly and um it was me and a uh, hectic uh who i was rocking with mainly at the time uh and we ended up on that show as like a like a random fluke. We were like standing at the back door and like asked them personally and they're like, yeah, fine, come on in. <laughs> and then we got on. Hey, and it's always the,
0: no, like, if you don't ask, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. So that was the first, like, I think like show where I opened that, like, I really felt like I was like more than just somebody who just kind of performed early in the night. Like I actually like opened a big show and, you know, yeah i think that was 2006 i want to say but
0: what occurred to me while you were saying that is so my first solo show ever opening for anybody was the record release party for this album
1: oh shit yeah
0: your <laughs> oh, your damn. debut album uh revolutionary ruins um i don't my glass on i'm hoping i said that right because i can't read it yeah, yeah. the yeah. end zone yes the end zone i wish i <laughs> if that place is still around i'll be shocked yeah. but you know that was the first time i ever did a solo show <laughs>
1: Oh dope, dope, dope. I didn't know that, man. That's what's up. Yeah, you probably weren't even there yet. Because <laughs> I
0: was everything you said that Jedi Mind show wasn't. Um, you know, I was like just some hobo that threw on the last minute to open up the first thing. So but That's that was a great met
1: then, right? Was that the first night I met you?
0: It might have been. It was probably right mm-hmm. around then because I think that mm-hmm. was the Vengeful Mind days. We you, you were part yeah. of Vengeful Minds, right? I was, yep. Yep. I was. Yeah, that feels like a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel old even saying that. <laughs> I know.
0: It is nuts because I was watching, I, wa- I was listening before we talked to this um, record that they put out in 2009, which was the, um, mm. it was where they played a bunch of classical versions of Jay Dilla. Oh, dope. And it, and I, the, it was recorded live in 2009. I was like, oh my God, that mm. alone was 13 years ago. So I was trying to figure out when it was he passed and he's been gone for over 15 years now. That. Yeah. It's but I will say hip hop's done a great job of keeping his legacy alive. Very know? much. Very, very much. Rightfully so.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, so um let's let's talk a little bit, Shift Gears for a second about the stuff you're doing in anime. So what are what what are you really doing? What 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 tell talk about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, so pretty much uh what it's been is um myself, uh and uh, a couple of my crew members from Par- uh from hybrid thoughts, Paranom and Casper mainly. Um pretty much we've been handling all the hip-hop on uh any anime that comes out under toho animation which is um the same production company that brought you godzilla originally <laughs> um yeah um so it's been um it kind of changed from uh so i, I wear a couple of different hats uh in that industry now um of course just doing the hip-hop stuff Um uh, doing a lot of writing too like skit writing and things like that um and like developing ideas on like how like uh you know sound should end up but um mainly it's just been hip hop so like um pretty much what the what the um the way it goes is i'm usually like the final stage before the show comes out you know the the show's done the score is pretty much already done too and um they kind of call me to come in and lay vocals on top of certain things and like i would say anything that could be hip hop but like the majority of the stuff i do on anime has sounds nothing like hip-hop it's just me rapping over like orchestras and random random shit like that which has been awesome you know it, yeah. it definitely pushes, pushes me um
0: now it's a cool question is that more common in in you know asia in like in japan to have to have rappers go over that type of um more classical stuff or is that specific to these projects
1: maybe a little bit of both i mean um i think it is common over there but i think it's common over there because of anime you know soundtracks like samurai champloo uh shout out nujabes rest in peace um nujabes kind of like invented the whole like lofi thing that that's like such a big obsession now yeah yeah um and soundtracks like samurai Shampoo kind of like put that out into light and that was before we knew it was called lofi it sounded like somebody rapping over jazz music you know what i mean or yeah like, it's so it's, like um
0: it's pretty wild to me that drums have been the thing that have disappeared the most in rap no, music over the past no, decade. I just no, sometimes no, I like, get beats no, and I'm like, no, are there yeah. even
1: drums on this? <laughs> I know, trust me, I I, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, but um, so that that's pretty much the, um the way it goes. Uh, as far as that, they um I think now I've done. I'm gonna mess up if I say try to say the number of shows I've done, but uh, the biggest couple I've done will definitely uh there's three titles that were like have kind of like changed my life over the past few years, which is uh Jujutsu Kaizen, Dr. Stone and B which are all, you know, all got like super gigantic. And that's what's caused me to be like, all right, well, I've never been part of anything this big in in, in hip hop. So yeah, like yeah,
0: what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, when 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 a door opens, go
1: through it. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's that's kind of like what made me spearhead the whole the whole anime thing. Now instead of Aztec DMC, it's Aztec the soundtrack artist. Just just because it just makes more sense at this point, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, that's it. Really speaks to the value of being multi-talented too. Because a lot of times these days, I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we, you, you were nice enough to record for my album, Drinking Songs for Children. You're in a song with um, Esoteric and Zarface and Cool Keith. And you know, one of the reasons why nobody's heard that song right now is I'm holding off on releasing it until I have the the full movie
1: so to go you, with you it. And it's just you don't even understand how hard it is for me to not tell the entire <laughs> planet.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I feel really. Mean, you mean, can no, great, you can tell so people. Okay. You yeah, can tell that, people.
1: Like, I've just, told a few of like a uh, dog. I just did a song with Cool Keith. Like, <laughs> like I don't think you people even know that. And it's like, um, bro, he was on my bucket list of people to collab with before I retired. And here you come with a message like, "Hey, I got the song with Cool Keith." Enough. <laughs> so I was like. Uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I'm in you that know? was one of
0: the last things on the album too and that was actually it was actually Esso's idea to put him on that because at the time I was Esso did his, his verse a few years ago and I was going back and forth and what's happened time is sometimes when you're reaching out to rappers everybody will respond in two seconds and other times like nobody responds and I right. asked Esso I'm like who do you think would be on this and he's like hit up Keith and I'm like he gave me his email address I'm like that's perfect I never I never thought of that so
1: he yeah, actually um I spoke to esso about it at Fan Expo he he was pumped that that uh you know the song's complete so
0: Sweet. and I remember too that was in the heels of uh i i had been i had been working hard to try to get um shock g on the album i really mm. wanted a humpty hump appearance on this one song that eventually um went to young dirty bastard because i wanted to get, you know, have a wu-sang influence on it too and i had been talking to his his manager and and what I, she had told me was that he, he accepts very few things these days but come up with your best proposal and i will put it in front of him and i'll get you an answer and then about a week before i was ready to respond back he passed away yeah, it was yeah. just like it was just reminding me I'm like you got it I think him and cool Keith are the same age. I think I looked it up around that time and I'm like, I mean, I don't want to like put a hex on anybody, but I'm just like, you realize that you got to, when you have these opportunities, you got to take them.
1: Take them. Yeah. It's like, you
0: actually, I was watching something yesterday that I was watching. uh They're now pushing the Oliver Hart, uh the, from idea from idea and abilities mm-hmm. they're, they're reissuing that and i watched a documentary about him and i remember that uh pilsey one of our mutual friends had talked to idea about doing a song together right, right. I remember the, like, that, yeah. When, yeah he said it was like fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. back then which i think back then sounded like a lot of money but i would definitely get, if i would love to have that song right now you know yeah
1: hundred percent hundred percent but also know, it also speaks did you get a mac you got a mac lethal verse before the fucking whole yeah, you know Mac Lethal giant internet personality thing happens. I so. know. I have two.
0: Um, yeah. I have one that's on the album that's really long and old, and I have another one that's short that I'm going to re-release soon. But yeah, I got really lucky on that. I remember watching him on Scribble yeah. Jam, and he's up there with a black guy. And I'm like, who is this dude? And he seemed very fearless for somebody that I don't know. I mean, I would have been terrified in that situation. Do you ever go go to Scribble Jam back in the day?
1: Not not to the actual one in Cincinnati, but um, I went to a lot of the prelims. I uh, actually, I I battled in one of the uh, prelims. Uh, I want to say it was 2004, maybe. Um, no, maybe. I don't remember the exact year, but I battled in a prelim. I didn't make it past the prelims, but um, I never got to go to Cincy. I wanted to. Uh, every time, you know, obviously. Um, if that you know, lasted I,
0: one or two more years, I probably would have won. It was just, it seemed like he was yeah. kind of falling apart by the it end. Was
1: it was fading out for sure. Yeah. But um, like I said, I, I was really always like in conversation with the homie Jin. Who obviously that's his whole world love, you know I, mean? I
0: love jen yeah
1: um shout out to him we actually just reconnected recently oh dope um, yeah yeah um you know he was always like seeing him was always you know i don't cite that enough but like talk about influences man that guy t- obviously being asian mcs but like he he kicked the door open for me someone like me to be able to do this and like kind of at least have somebody now to like kind of uh, like you know like white rappers are always like I'm going to be Eminem no matter what. Right. You know what I mean? I'm now, you know, for a long time, it was just like, oh, what are you, Jen? And honestly, I'm not even mad at that. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's a lot worse
1: things to be, you know. Exactly. So, um, you know, shout out to him. He's he's living a good life these days, man. Much love to him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I just revisited some of his, I found a couple of his mixtapes recently and I was, I was putting them in. He has this one track about doing the, um, the battle in Puerto Rico that I love. And he just walks through the whole process of going down there and how we want it. And it's just, yeah.
1: it's a nasty track. Yeah. That was fight club. That was, uh, that was, that was dope. That was a dope time.
0: Yeah. So those are back. Those are all off the head battles back then. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Long before the month, month advance notice of your opponent, sometimes a year advance notice of where you're going it's like when
0: when did when did that cutoff really happen? Because I mean, I used to do some of those TD three battles back in the day. I remember uh, Grime the MC. Who isn't are you related to? Isn't he one? Of you, you know him back in the we're day. From, or the
1: same, we're from the same city.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely mopped up the floor with me once. Um, you, and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I could I can I could blame the pills, but it was me. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, do you remember when that really switched over? Cause there was a time where mm-hmm. I was working on stuff that wasn't a lot of hip hop related. And I remember for me, it was the cannabis disaster battle was the first battle I'd watched in a while. And I remember narcotics or past showed it to me. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't all off the top of the head. Well, obviously when he pulled out the, the thing, you know, it wasn't. But.
1: Um, so the switch actually, I would say happened in about 07, 07, 08. So the reason it happened, uh, you know, I used to work for Grind Time. You know, I, I ran the Grind Time Boston division. Oh
0: yes, I forgot about that.
1: Yes, Myself in that OG. Yes, yeah. so I was actually really involved in the scene for a while. But um, the switch happened in about 08. and the reason it happened was um, so before like Grind Time, which was the first of like the whole Battle League thing, uh, the last like standing freestyle tournament was um, Jump Offs uh, World Rap Championships, where like Ilmac and Thesaurus were like the duos yes. and you know, Marv One and Quest McCody, um, so. WRC ended, they had their last one in 07, and then everyone from that battle scene uh, kind of, were well, like kind of in limbo, there was nowhere to go and really battle, like at least like the acapella kind of battle, but um, uh, my homie Direct, who was from Mass originally, but he was going to Full Sail University at the time, uh, started a thing called Grind Time, which was acapella battles, but the difference was is uh, people knew who they were battling in events. so before they were openly saying they were written, they were just saying they were premeditated battles so they came there ready but then as time went on people knew more and they just straight up were like no these are all written now you know um
0: which so makes more sense,
1: sense right? yeah like, 100%, the thing- i mean it makes it more entertaining for sure right
0: i had explained to my girlfriend recently where i'm like because i she i were watching battles and i was like and she didn't realize that people weren't weren't coming off the top of their head anymore and i'm mm-hmm. like well you're guaranteed good battles now which is great exactly and you're also it doesn't give the the problem was if you were a bigger rapper you were at a huge disadvantage. Well, you're at a huge advantage because the voting was insane. Like, mm-hmm. like I definitely saw battles that were called oh, wrong goodness. all the time. Yeah. And and you're also, but if you are a bigger rapper, everybody knew stuff to make fun of you about. Like, you know, mm-hmm. no one was gonna know about my ex girlfriend doing whatever to me because no one even knew who I was. But it's yeah, there's exactly. tons of stuff you can pull up on anybody else on the internet. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, so, like, I, I think the the first battle that really, like, showed everybody that that was, was um, Dumbfounded versus Tantrum, uh, which was, like, the first uh, grind time battle to, like, at the time... Now this sounds like nothing, but at the time it broke 100,000 views and, like, now that don't mean shit, but yeah. then a battle yeah, getting 100,000 views was gigantic, like, whoa. Yeah. And then, I mean, now, you know, if a battle doesn't crack a million, it's considered a failure,
0: but... Uh, right, right. I mean, that was so- even... To put that in perspective, you're talking... Oh seven, YouTube was pretty new at that point too. Yeah,
1: exactly, so, exactly. Um, and we weren't we yeah. weren't
0: watching it on our phones
1: either. I mean, if we were, no. we just barely were. We had way too out of computer. Yeah, for sure. But um, that that made me want to get involved. Originally, I was gonna battle in grind time, but um, I had started you know recording more, dropping albums and things like that. And I was like, I really don't want like to be pigeonholed as a battler. I want to continue to make music. If I lose the battle, no one's gonna to want to fuck with my music. So right. like. So I just ended up working behind the scenes a lot in it and um, myself and Ed OG ended up running grand time Boston for a while. Yeah.
0: And the thing is that's a much better presence to have too. Cause the battlers come and go, but I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, being exactly. next to Ed O.G. in Boston, I mean, there. you mentioned before, there weren't, up until I think this, the underground hip hop scene that kind of popped off in the Boston area, among other places, the Boston hip hop presence was pretty small. I mean, Ed O.G. was one of the bigger names, Gangstar too, but they're from, mm-hmm. Bo- I mean, they're they're not as from Boston as some Boston acts,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think to this day, Ed was still the only Boston rapper with a number one record under his belt. Which is really? Yeah. Wow. No, that is 1991. I got to have it. That was the last time. I don't think anyone else has. I, I'm since. trying to think
0: who else it could possibly be. And I can't. Wow. Yeah. All right. I guess you got something to shoot for. man. I guess we all do, but you know, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, for sure, man. Um. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, Um. God, where's going to go with that? about um oh <laughs> that's what it was some of the some of the labels you had mentioned when we when we first talked about this was ruckus death jocks baby grand mm-hmm. you know we're also talking about around the same time when the battling switched over that was around the same time a lot of these companies sort of started going away it seems yeah. like rhyme sayers has been the one that's really stuck around and stayed true with, through its roots you know baby grand mm-hmm. has grown in different ways but um how were you finding so in the time and those like six or seven years, was really the heyday of underground hip hop. What what was your arc during that time? Did you were, you started off as a listener? You ended up on stage. Do you did you see the industry changing at that time? And you know that was a time where I started pivoting kind of away from hip hop because I was feeling very discouraged about the chance of moving on. You stuck through right, it, right. and good thing you did. But right, right, um, right. what was that journey like?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean. I wouldn't say I saw it changing right away because, uh, I was also like the age I was I was kind of just blinded. Like now I'm doing shows and I'm, I'm involved and I'm recording. I got a crew. I'm like, so like I was just kind of living in la la land. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like this is it. I'm a rapper. I don't care if I'm, if I'm broke. You know what I mean? But, uh, um, you did gradually see a change. And, uh, I think, I think what really, to be honest, like, I think what kind of like made that whole scene kind of like start to like derail was the rise of the internet, man. You know, when the internet came along, especially music sharing and all that stuff, like being a rapper meant less. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and then because I try to explain, so I was teaching for a while uh, a hip hop lesson. I was trying to explain to these kids that, like, I'm telling you, during this day, underground hip hop didn't mean. Non-discovered hip hop, then it didn't mean technically like right. you're underground before, until you mainstream. It's like underground hip hop was almost like its own genre of music, yeah. You know, and um, I think with like the rise of the internet, it became less relevant because so many people were putting out music and being labeled an underground rapper just started meaning less and less and less. You know, to the point where it just meant nothing. Um, you know, like if you weren't really like popping off, then no one really gives a shit. And uh, I think, I think that's kind of like what the problem was, was that like, you know, the internet was obviously around during the early 2000s, but social media and things like that, like we were limited to like MySpace and and things like that. But like, even before that, you know, there wasn't so much access to be able to just make music and press a button and put it out. So like when you went to Newberry Comics or like a, a record store and you saw these, they meant something because these guys made a record and they got it in stores. Like this means something. Yeah, now, They convinced like the other people to help them and, fi- and money was spent. They exactly. financed a you know. the record and put one out and they got it all over the country. Like, all right, so this is some real shit. Right. You know, now uh, with the rise of the internet and physical music, and, I mean, shout out, I know vinyl is back on the rise, but like the fact that like going to a CD store to pick up a new record the day it drops doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. is another reason why that kind of faulted out because that's kind of where that scene lived. You know I mean? what places like Newberry Comics, like you know, Jedi Madrix put out a new album I'll tell you let's go to Newberry Comics and grab it. You know yeah. what I mean? Now it's just like, let me open Spotify and listen to it on the way to work, you know? So I, it's like,
0: I waited outline inside of Tower Records at midnight to get Dr. Dre 2001 or 2001. Right, right. yeah. 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 And I mean yeah, Marshall you Mathers LP too. Yeah. yeah. It, you know.
1: Yeah, that was the whole that. and I think that arrow, that scene of like underground hip hop kind of like that's where that thrived. It kind of lived off of that, like what that experience you just described. It kind of lived off that. And I think the rise of the internet made that exist less, you know what I mean? And then yeah. living in a digital world kind of made that exist less too. And I think that's kind of why that part of the industry changed so much. One of the things that
0: discouraged me around that time was that I realized, you know, we were doing, I was doing opening act. You, you were definitely ahead of me in terms of the shows you were doing. I was doing some opening act gigs with Mike Monarchy and we'd open for shows and, and everybody in the crowd was somebody else who was going to come up and perform. And it's like, you can't mm-hmm. sell a CD to somebody who's trying to sell you a CD.
2: Yeah, and I yeah. was just
0: realistic about the amount of people that existed in the city that was, that were at that point willing to spend money on hip hop. And it was, and it was That's way funny. less than the amount of people trying to sell.
1: Yeah, facts. And that's fact. what
0: I listened to an interview with, with LP, and that's what he said kind of killed deaf jocks. He's like, there was a time where people just stopped buying the physical media, and it was really hard to to make money off the digital at that point. And, yeah. you know, when acts were starting to have higher expectations, you know, and you have the overhead of a real record label.
1: Right, right. Yeah, no, I definitely. It's, it's it's crazy, man, To to even, like, I still feel young. So, like, to know that that, like, was that long ago and like i'm at where i'm at now still, still yeah doing the same shit it's kind of crazy but <laughs> yeah No, i mean was... i just
0: remember doing the math going like even these acts that we were opening for that like when i was opening for back then i don't want to name names because of what i'm about to say is that oh these acts can't sell out this venue without us openers selling getting all of our friends you know? to come it was like basically all it was like the favor system was wild it was it was Amazing. a scene that was supported by local rappers wanting to be on stage to a lot of degree
1: mm-hmm. Crazy. Super crazy. I mean, even like, like you said, not to name names, but like, yeah, I remember like going to a show and like, you know, maybe like 2000, 2001, seeing somebody in a packed and then like, yeah, like us opening up for them and they can't even sell out a 200 capacity venue anymore. And it's like. Like yeah, yeah like it's, what's our game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I remember one day going trying to think of I'm like, I bet I can I'm trying to think of I was trying to think of who in the New England hip hop scene was making a full time living doing this. And it was around that time, and I, I could probably only come up with a few names. Yeah. You know, that yeah, it's fair. just like you're you're fighting it's like I had a better chance of saying I was gonna be the, you know, play for the Bulls or play for the Celtics, you know, yeah. statistically know. probably, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, hundred percent You know. But. You're not wrong. Really-
0: yeah. But um it is funny too that there was something about this underground hip hop scene I mentioned that you know Pillsy had talked to idea that there, these artists were a lot more accessible. I mean there was the idea when I was listening to you know a Too Short album in 1991 or the Ghetto Boys that I'd ever have a conversation with Too Short of the Ghetto Boys was like mm-hmm. it seemed like we're even from the same planet. Mm-hmm. But you know we got the great opportunity i always remember the picture of copyright inside of and hush's uh, house before a show and (laughs) you know it's just like we got the chance to interact with all these people what are some of your best memories of of meeting some of these these acts that you know we got to perform and meet with
1: yeah oh man there's a lot and um you know that's the kind of stuff man that like i kind of think about that i'm grateful for like and, and like me not to like kiss my own ass but like me being like more successful now sometimes I kind of forget about those moments because now like I'm so hyper-focused on like trying to like keep my kind of career moving and, and continue to living. But like, yeah, you stop and think about these moments. Like I remember, um, I mean, I'll go back to that same show. When we opened for Jedi mind tricks, uh, I was backstage. There's another story I had before that, but I don't want to like really put anybody under the, yeah,
2: that's
1: fine. I want to, but I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to hold back a few of those stories too. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, well, you know what? I, will, I won't So I will say his name, but I will say there's a certain underground rapper who developed a persona and an entire personality around being a drug-addicted, crazy rapper. And then I'm backstage with him. He's completely normal. He's drinking tea. He's normal. Then he goes on stage and pretends that he's all fucked up on drugs and starts stumbling around on stage. I was like, okay. That, that, all right. that's not one of the best but that's one of the funniest that is I'll pretty wild you, i'll tell you who it is after <laughs> but, i got um, a couple guesses in my head <laughs> you probably you were there i remember you being there so you oh, probably, okay
0: yeah and now all right <laughs> now i don't now it's not who i thought all right, <laughs> all right. But, i remember um, there was but, a story you told me about another rapper in an airport that i think maybe came from someone else you know and okay. maybe involved the bushes and hiding in them or something
1: oh no yeah that that's actually my homie these days. So okay. that's that's uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's uh, why I do not yeah. want to name his name. But. Yeah. Um, but um, one great memory, honestly, um, was um, I was gonna name one or two you were just talking about, but I'm not going to now. Sorry. <laughs> um, I can cut that part out if you want. But no, 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 it's all good. <laughs> uh, one great memory I have is is when we did open for Jedi Mind Tricks, and uh, I went backstage. You remember how the little shitty Middle East downstairs backstage yep. area there. I'm back there and uh, Vinny Paz walks back there. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? Big fan. It's great to be opening for you. He's like, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Then he's looking for something. He's like, yo, I'm like, what's up? He's like, did you eat my fucking chicken sandwich? (laughs) I was like, nah, man. He's like, I had a chicken sandwich and you're the only one back here, man. I was like, nah, I didn't. And then Crypto World Child was like, nah, nah, dog. He's like, I moved it over here. He's like, oh, my bad. Glad you ate my food. (laughs) Great story. I almost fought Vinny Paz because he thought I ate a chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't
0: wanna fight Vinny Paz.
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, no, no. but that's a good memory. Um, I mean, uh, you know, first time I met a, a lot of people, man. Um, God, there's so many. It's it's tough to even really like to pin them down, but MOP uh, opening for MOP and them giving me and slant, the mic to do the hook for Annie up. Amazing, oh my God. Amazing moment. Uh, Annie up
0: is still to me, the most hype beat in hip hop history. That's yeah, the, I maybe, can't maybe think of any
1: Another one. Yeah, be another one like just. It.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, there's a lot, man. I mean, that's one thing, like being an opening act for like your favorite artist growing up is those kinds of experiences, man. Even just dapping up somebody you looked up to, you yeah. know, like all that time. And, you know, being being in their presence and, and all that, it's, it's just, it's it's dope, man. Yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty cool. wild. That's something you didn't really get as much in other music scenes. It's not something that I think we were brought up to think was going to happen when we were just listening to, to tapes as a kid,
1: you know? Right, exactly.
0: But I'm sure you, would, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was the only person that listened to hip hop. I was called what I call the W word all the time, which I think yeah, is pretty yeah. revolting, but yeah, um, yeah. I remember going like strawberries and all there were, were there was two rows of cassette tapes and there was, they're the same ones you saw every time. And you just knew you'd only get to listen to a fraction of them. And then now we've taken to a point where I would say hip hop is one of the biggest cultural exports that we have in this country.
1: It's yeah. Most, most, remarkable. yeah. 100%. I percent. not know. You can't go to any country in the world and not see a hip hop scene. It's crazy.
0: Over the course of your life, how how did you how did the perception of you being a rapper change? How did people view that over time? Is it more respected now than it used to be? Because it, it's like it's been a dirty word at some points, but
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think me being Asian kind of was always more of like an anomaly than anything, you know. Um, coming up, I mean, even now, to be honest, coming up. You how often would you find an Asian rapper? Not often at all, you know? I mean, pretty often now. I mean, often to find any rapper now on the internet. Right, but like yeah. but coming up, man, it was it was more of like uh people wanted to hear because they didn't know if an Asian dude could rap or not, you know what I mean? So it was it was kind of its own thing. Um but um there was definitely like a lot of hate and like from other Asians more than anything, to be honest, you know, it's just like you know no one's gonna take you serious, you know? Um so like uh i want to say like early same era early 2000s i was part of this online community called asianraps.com and um you know that's kind of where like the asian rappers that did exist all would conversate like jen was on there i was on there i don't know if you remember south star from smiles and south star yep South star was on there uh snacky chan was on there um you know we were all on there and we were all talking and i remember I remember like the week Jin was, uh, going to 106 and park. Everyone's like, dude, no one's going to ever take you serious. Yeah. You know? well, lo and behold, week one, week two, week three, it was like, oh, never mind. We shouldn't have said that. Yeah. It should. But I'm signed to Rough Riders, you know? So, um, yeah, it, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy, but, um, I think, so I don't, I don't think I never really got too much hate for being Asian rapping, but, um, I definitely didn't get taken as serious sometimes. Definitely. I want to say, um. You know, I'm definitely like left out of a lot of conversations that I think I should have been involved in, um, for quite a while due to that. And um but things are different now. Um not really like different to a point where it's like, you know, that noticeable because when you see an Asian rapper, people still people right. still put on him. You know what I mean? But um yeah. but um I mean the world's just grown so much that I think it's it's not as like looked at as like you know, taboo or, or you know, just whack, you know. Yeah, automatically. Boston's
0: a strange city anyway, too, because it's it's in some ways very culturally diverse, but in other ways very segregated. Yeah. Because I think we definitely back in the day played some shows where the majority of people was was a white audience, and there were other shows mm-hmm. going on in this in the city that night where the majority was a black audience. It's like there mm-hmm. wasn't always a lot of crossover.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. The hip hop scene was definitely it still is here, honestly. Um, at least from what I see from, uh, you know, I, I'm not really too involved in the Boston hip hop scene these days, but from what I still see, like I still pay attention, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, um, I, I, what I see is still like that. You know what I mean? Even with the, with the younger generation and that's, and that, that's something that's always kind of sucked about this city, you know, in comparison to like places like, you know, New York and stuff like that. And, um, it also makes me think like, as I, as a am older now, like how kind of fucked up a lot of the underground scene really was for like the way they acted sometimes. Cause I'm sure you can attest like a lot of like underground rappers, like cats that we came up with or like cats that we even listened to, you know, kind of walked around with this like mentality where like telling people what they're doing isn't hip hop. I'm victim to that. You know that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but, like, but
0: you're, you're a lot, a lot less than other people.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no for sure. But like, like what are you doing? That shit ain't hip hop. And then like you start to think like a lot of times, yo, it was like, some like white backpacker rapper telling some kid from the hood, right? What he's doing is not hip hop because he's rapping about guns or something. It's like, bro, do you realize what's yeah? It's like, if we just think about that, the now, levels like, of hypocrisy are just how did that happen? Like, how did that happen so often? You know what I mean? I know. Like,
0: it did, though,
1: it's crazy. And that's what oh, wow. I mean. That's
0: the thing is that's what happens when college kids take over. Because because when I yeah. the thing about the Boston hip hop scene is I think there's it's there's so many college kids in Boston they drive one part of the scene, and I think the the residents of Boston and the surrounding you know areas yeah. drive the other part of the scene to some degree.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Super thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I mean I went to I went to Boston University, and that's the time I got into a lot of this underground hip hop. So I mean, I, I I know from what I speak. But, right, right, right. And I actually believe I think Aesop Rock was at BU the same time as me, though I don't, I doubt I ever met him, but I think he mm. dabbled there too. Interesting. But, yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But,
0: um. So you want to talk a little about wrestling which I am always dying to talk about. I listened mm-hmm. to a bunch of your I listened to I was shoveling snow today and I actually stayed out there longer to shovel my deck cuz I wanted to hear more of the of uh, your new stuff. So I listened to Green 21. Was it 21? Green 21, right? 21. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That blew me away. Where would that intro come mm-hmm.
1: from? Uh you have to ask my man Eadonic from uh, from Japan who produces most of my stuff these days. Uh <laughs> But he made that. Um, I don't know, but it's. I, I loved it. That it's intro kind of made me like theme the whole album around green because because yeah. uh, he made that first, and then I was like, well, I can't rap this, but I wanted, you know. So yeah,
0: yeah, I loved it. And the, the whole the whole record was amazing. Um, Thank you. There was uh, I, I I appreciated that. I heard a, I'm a raven, even flow bar. I mm-hmm. heard what I think you said uh, something about honky tonk man and Jerry the King Lawler, um, which I popped for
1: yeah 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 rip off the king like the honky that's what man. it was yes yes
0: i'm like that's a deep yeah.
1: that's a deep cut i was on board for it very um, very very rarely do i not have at least five or six wrestling references in a, in, in an album <laughs> so hard not to i know yes.
0: i have one on on that keep cool key song i think i say um clearly you could see i'm drunk the opposite of I'm punk
1: yeah yeah that's
0: so one too. yes he had a jeff hardy one he's like yeah. you know yeah and, yeah um. So so. How much? So obviously, we we both have big history watching wrestling. How much are you paying attention now? Uh,
1: I'm. I am. I am. Um. It's just now. Like, if I miss something, I'm not really like kind of rushing to like yeah. to you know, obviously you know. It's like twelve up, hours really of original content
0: like, every week. You can't watch. It's all a
1: lot. Of it. It's a lot. But uh, also, like, shout out to these wrestling YouTubers who kind of keep me. Yeah. keep me sharp it's easy to watch those when i'm like i like to listen to them at least when i'm like you know going into the store or something yep. so um but i i am paying attention i got some favorites these days um, you um w- honest, or wwe both um yeah. to be honest so i tried to jump on the AEW train man and um Admit it made it hard lately <laughs> they did it, dude and not only that but like Okay, so me being such a nerd, man, like I obviously I love wrestling for the for the wrestling part of it, but like I'm such a sucker for storylines. Me too. And I just yep. don't think AEW has has perfected that good enough yet. You know? Oh, they haven't. And got the actual like physical wrestling aspect of AEW was fucking phenomenal, but. Storylines, man. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's still WWE for me, and because
0: uh, AEW will bring in wrestlers that the majority of people have never heard of, and these are people who may be huge in Japan or huge in Europe, yeah, right, right, But like in Mexico, but like they treat them like they're big stars, and we don't know who they are, and it's a great match yeah. if you enjoy it in the crowd. I get the mm-hmm. live experience for AEW, I hear is phenomenal. Yeah, it, it, it
1: is. Yeah, it is. I went to it uh, at Again Ganas Arena. That was that. It was, it was. Um, and like what you were just saying, sometimes that works. You know, when they're trying to make somebody a superstar and um, you know, sometimes it doesn't like, WWE is also good at that too. You're like, look what they did with Shinsuke and not now. Like, they fucked right. his whole thing up. I can't, like,
0: That don't get me started. The, me and he's got the best, dude, theme, he has the best
1: theme music in the history of wrestling. He's I, like, I met a charismatic guy on the roster, in my in my opinion. Yeah, but, he's like dude. a
0: mix between Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson when he comes to the yes. ring and, he, yes. and
1: Bruce Lee and the ability yeah. to kick
0: your ass. I, yeah, just, exactly.
1: That was my favorite dude for the last like three years, man. But um, but yeah, but like, see what, but what they did with him when he was in NXT is like they made him, they made you think he was a superstar, and it worked. You know what I mean? And dude didn't have to say anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I want to be an AEW. I want to, but it's just WWE. It still keeps me more interested.
0: Well, so. AEW has screwed up Wardlow. I mean, he should be the. I mean, he should be the easiest slam dunk in the history of booking wrestling. I
1: agree. Wrestling. Yeah, I agree.
0: And, and I think eventually he'll get there, but I bet it's going to be on, on wwe i think mm-hmm. once his contract's up he's going to be you know calling triple h
1: yeah yeah for sure I so
0: agree. i think this episode is probably going to come out around mid-march means we're going to be coming up around wrestlemania season um mm-hmm. so you want, to, you want to make any predictions or any hopes of what you're going to see i think this is wrestlemania 39 correct i think so so I keep thinking that it's going to, that 40 is going to be the big one. I think that we're, um, I'll go first. My quick predictions. I don't think we're going to see rock enrollment. I think we're going to see something to set it up for next year. Okay. And I don't think, I think people are talking to CM Punk going to be there. I think CM Punk's going to be in a courtroom a lot next year. And I think the best case scenario, I haven't seen Stone Cold Steve Austin getting in shape. I'd love to see CM Punk versus Austin at WrestleMania 40.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. But, um, the only the only prediction that I think is going to I think we're going to see uh, KO and Sami Zayn versus the Usos for the tag ooh, team that's title. A that's a good one. I'm pretty sure that's what they're they're kind of starting to kind of gear up for right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to happen. Um, I I was originally thinking uh, Roman versus The Rock, but I think you're right. I think that'd be something to save. Like 40 is a big number, so I think that would make more sense. Yeah. So who do you put
0: Roman in with if it's not going to be? The, cause I can't. I mean. So if if you're going to do the Rock next year do you try to get the belt off Roman because it's going to mean less, I think even though the Rock winning the belt doesn't mean much, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's I I assume the storyline is going to be something about who is the real chief of you know the Samoa right 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 whatever, and I think if if Roman's already been beaten, that it makes his position a little weaker going into the Rock Mm -hmm. with that, you know.
1: So what I originally thought for this year for the next WrestleMania was I, I thought like. Two nights, Roman defends each title on one night. Right, oh, night yes. one, he, right? Night one, he defends WWE title against Cody Rhodes, because I think Cody Rhodes is coming back.
0: Yeah, uh, I think true. the Rumble. I think he could, he could win the Rumble. Yeah,
1: I think same. That, that's my prediction. He wins the Rumble. He faces Roman night one, and then night two. I was gonna say. Universal title Roman versus The Rock because The Rock winning the Universal title I don't think would mean as much. They put it on Goldberg last year. You right, know what I'm that's saying? True. Yeah. So I don't think that title would mean that much if The Rock won as opposed to the WWE title because I think the Universal title is kind of just like a it's almost like a kitschy world title. You know what I mean? Like right, what the right. a Universal champion. You know what I mean? So. Right.
0: If that I, went away, I, I think that wouldn't be terrible. Especially they, they're done a great job of building up the IC and the US titles now. So those now almost mean more than the Universal because people just
1: think it's yeah, all it's it's, the it's Roman secondary title. Yeah. So yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll stick with that. Maybe that happens. We'll see. But
0: yeah, that would be good. I mm-hmm. um I haven't heard, I've heard very little about Cody in terms of his injury status, but he's probably one of those guys going to keep that very close to the vest. But I did think, you watch yeah. that match where he, with that, with the pack?
1: Yeah, man, that was brutal. <laughs> that was, <laughs> brutal look at I can't believe he did
2: that shit. I can't
0: believe that there was that, I mean, that they, he got medically cleared to go out and wrestle. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm, I, I, this is how I know I'm old. I'm thinking about it from an insurance perspective. I'm like somebody had to sign off of that knowing that there could be a lawsuit or something like that seems like a,
1: yeah, that's, not healthy. <laughs> when he pulled the
0: the, you could hear you could hear like the air in the room kind of go out when he when he uh, mm-hmm. took the uh, robe off.
1: Uh- yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, I do think. Uh, so now that Bray Wyatt's back too, I think they kind of like toying with Alexa Bliss joining him again. But if you uh, pay attention to Asuka on Instagram, she's been painting her face like Kana, who was her character in New Japan. Oh, word! It's kind of like a darker, more evil thing. So, like, and now since her and Alexa Bliss are kind of like a team, I see like Asuka joining the Wyatt world, which would be fire because she's That'd already be awesome. crazy.
2: You know what I mean? So yeah, she's
1: actually my favorite wrestler right now. She's been for like the past year or so.
0: I mean, she's in damage control, right?
1: No, Asuka. No,
0: no Asuka. Oscar. Okay, she's the one that's yeah, yeah. she's been aligned with um with Bianca Belair And yeah, yeah,
1: um yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been my favorite since she started spitting the the green mood of mist out, man. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> My favorite wrestler of all time, Great Muda. I so, think he's retiring like this year, isn't he? This year, yeah. He's fighting. Fight. No, he just did, or is he coming? I don't having his last match is against Nakamura. That's what say, I was gonna say because I thought yeah, I heard they yeah, signed yeah. him
0: off on to fight Nakamura.
1: To fight, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that happened yet or not, but that's supposed to be his last match ever.
0: Yeah, that dude. It's some of these Japanese wrestlers. They stay around forever and just keep getting tougher and tougher and yeah.
1: tougher. <laughs> I know like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Actually, I named uh, that collab I did with Esau Muda Mist. Oh nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I it was funny. That one I hadn't I, I hadn't heard it before. He's dropping he did something with the um the the mass av stairs or something. I don't know. That was mass dope. Self, His,
1: that's bad yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: that's what it was. Yeah. It His was rhymes came with that was nasty. Yeah. yeah. Just...
1: That's one of my favorites out of the last couple of years, definitely.
0: Yeah. So what um now wrestling's funny because a lot of a lot of rappers are into it as well. I found there's a certain cross-section between wrestling, comic books, and hip hop where I feel like yeah. all of us, I don't know.
1: Maybe we're, all, didn't. we're all nerds as tough as we want to talk That's yeah why. yeah it's, That's all, it's all a very nerdy
0: thing <laughs> yeah. is there anything that so did you take anything from wrestling that you that you put into your hip-hop
1: yeah definitely like building a character um you know and the ability to kind of like sell a character um you know that and that character's changed quite a few times you know but um you know like being a heel when I was just hating on everything or like now I mean just I'm a nice guy that does anime soundtracks you know I mean I love buddy. so like definitely that that sense of it and just like the creativity man of building a character you know and that's like people hated on me as as a kid for watching wrestling people hate on me as a dope for watching wrestling like exactly me you know I mean it, it's like you know it's always like why don't you just watch the UFC it's like I watch that too but yeah the UFC doesn't I mean I, they don't you know the stories ain't, ain't fun man <laughs> you know yeah
0: yeah you and know, it's like, for me, I don't really actually want to see somebody get hurt that bad, you know, yeah, like it doesn't give me that.
1: To, I, I don't really see get his face smashed open, but like, um, even me, someone who coming from the martial arts world too, I'm I'm saying that, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's just entertaining, man. It's never stopped entertaining me. You know, I annoy my wife. I still watch, you know, wrestling constantly and, you know, she gets annoyed, but it is what it is, man. It's that something anytime anybody ever asked me, it's like, what, you know, what has stuck with me my whole life? Comic books, hip-hop, and wrestling. Yeah. That's yes. what's stuck with me my whole life. <laughs> me too.
0: It's the same thing. It's funny and wrestling too. I found wrestling's a real hard thing to watch around somebody who's not into it because oh like God, it's impossible. <laughs> because what what happens is there's such a thin layer of um, suspension of dis- disbelief that when any of that seeps into your environment as opposed to just the screen, it it just terminates everything because it, yeah. it becomes everything becomes indefensible. Like right. you know, yeah, it's no, 100%. <laughs> and it's like 100%. me trying to explain to my girlfriend why Orange Cassidy is amazing which i know is a debatable point to begin with but i'm a huge fan of it. it's just like i don't know where to begin or why even to start
1: Mm -hmm. you know yeah or or like the fact that the new day are actual people that you uh, were supposed to believe yeah (laughs) or like anything like that or trying to explain it was just like trying to explain the undertaker to somebody back in like the 90s when it's like What's he supposed to be dead or something like i'm supposed to believe this is real it's like you're not supposed to believe it's real that's that's where the right that's that's the the disconnect is a lot of the disconnect especially with like mma fans and like ufc fans and it's like this is obviously so fake it's like no shit Shit. nobody (laughs) thinks it's real so was die hard and it's like (laughs) like um especially like when you see like the crossover stuff happen like with like People like Logan Paul wrestling now and stuff yeah. like that, which obviously like brings it to like a huge audience. And they're like, this is so fake. And it's like right. Yeah. But
0: <laughs>
1: I know. I, yeah, I it's I, entertaining. It's because it's fake. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I'm in a bar fight, I'm not gonna live stream my elbow drop. You know, no, yeah, I'm not gonna
1: frog splash somebody in a bar fight. You know. <laughs>
0: the Logan Paul really showed me something in that match. Like
1: Definitely. him and um and Bad Bunny both yeah. impressed the shit out of me for like celebrities wrestling. Yeah, yeah,
0: I wonder if we're, I bet we're gonna get one or both of them, and I don't know how bad Logan Paul is hurt, but um, you know, I one or both of them, I bet's gonna be mm-hmm. a mania.
1: I know. So, um, from what I heard to uh, through one of these, uh, I talked to a couple of these YouTubers, the wrestling guys, and uh, what I heard is um, WWE is supposed to do an event in Puerto Rico uh, around like February, I think, and oh, that's, I think it's going to do, like yeah. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus. Uh, Dominic Mysterio and somebody else, but that's two set up Dominic Mysterio versus Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. Supposedly, that's what I mean. I'd be on board <laughs> for. That I, I gotta <laughs> say,
0: I like yeah. Dominic Mysterio. Like, yeah. I, I, I went I, I, from like, thinking, I went from just being like, oh, we can generate some heat, being like, I think he, him and Hook are the two guys that I'm like, if they spend time on, they really could have something with.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So yeah, I mean, I don't see. Look at this, still, still entertaining. I can still talk about wrestling it at my age yeah, you know <laughs> it's wild it's it's yeah.
0: it's i don't know it's just the backstage stuff makes it so much more interesting as well you know yeah,
1: and now we know all that shit too you know what i mean now it's yeah. like now that's all accessible and you know storylines and things happening and you know i um so that's that's like the one area that i want to tackle that i haven't yet i want to do entrance music so bad i want to do somebody's entrance music so bad man that's yeah. That's the only. I reached out to New Japan only because my label is obviously in Japan. So like, I told people out there, I was like, "Can you just reach out to somebody from there and just let them know that like I'm willing to do it?" Like,
0: well, especially <laughs> so. because so many of the, the the acts that end up on there. I mean, there's been a lot of like laughable acts that when you watch over the years, like WWE's Vengeance pay per view music brought by some band that had a song 10 years ago, and it's just no, like no, the stuff. No. It's like it's the elevator music of rock. It's it's just yeah. like,
1: no, and, sure.
0: you know and now there's a lot, I mean, they action Bronson wrestled a match like, a few like, a few months ago. And they did a he pretty did. good
1: job. He did. he did. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd still love to do that. And that's, and like uh, there's certain, there's certain wrestlers too, that are like super into anime. So like, I'm trying to like tackle it from that aspect too. Cause it's like, Oh, you like oh, that? Yeah. Show? Do you like the music? You know who did it? I did it. So how about you? Let me do your music now, you know? So yeah. Like,
0: Shit.
1: You know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that'll happen someday. Yeah, yeah. Just don't know how.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, you know, when you least expect it, probably. I didn't
1: know how it ended up on anime soundtracks either. So yeah, how did that, yeah, I was actually
0: was, gonna bring that before? How did you end up in the in the anime room? Because there, there was a period of time where I kind of disappeared from the scene a bit. And then when I came back, you were working on anime and I didn't yeah. really know when that how that happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um my group Hybrid Thoughts, you know, uh, we got signed to a label in Japan in 2016 and um we put an album out in japan that did didn't do like crazy but it did well um and it did well enough to catch the ears of Toei animation who then asked me and paranom specifically to do uh, a song for this show called uh kekai sensen which was the first show i did but they just wanted like a regular boombap track and we did that and then um i didn't know how big it was going to be or if it was even like a big deal or whatever but it was actually like a real anime and then uh People really loved that song. So from then on, they're like, we need another hip-hop song for this show. So I did that. And then came a show called Dr. Stone, which is on a, which is on Adult Swim now on HBO Max. So like they asked for uh, they asked us to come in the studio for that. And we did, and the production team from Japan was there. So we got to actually build with them in person. We did all the hip hop on that show. That show blew up. So from then on, it just became anytime they need hip hop, they hit us up. So
0: damn. Yeah. It's 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 like it's as easy and as difficult as that.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, it, well, the credit goes to my man Yuki, who produced all of the Last Cyber Thoughts album, because he's based out in Japan. He's from Japan, so he kind of like built that bridge with us. So that was kind of the luck of that, you know what I mean? And um, the album doing as well as it did in Japan, obviously, wouldn't have happened without him, like kind of co-signing it. So um, it's all due to that man. And that's that's that was just it, like you know, twenty years of hip hop in Boston, as opposed to I spent it was that record was out in Japan for less than a year before the anime stuff happened, you know? Wow. So yeah, it's like, what the fuck have I been doing my whole life? <laughs> you know? I guess getting ready. Yeah, exactly. I guess so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good Lord.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. But that's, that's it now though, man. I mean like still doing music for myself, man, like green 21, I got to put out this year because, but I based, I based green 21 around anime. Like I tried to make that sound like an anime soundtrack. Yeah. Um. And, uh. but, um, I was able to do that this year just because I don't want to like lose sight of like what I actually like to do myself rather right. than the things, rather than things I get hired to do you know what I'm saying
2: so
0: yeah the 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 best way to kill something you love is to get paid for it to some degree yeah, I, I when i was started doing my art i started doing a lot of pet portraits and pictures of people's kids and stuff and i'm just like this isn't what i got into anything to do and yeah. it's like yeah thanks for the couple hundred bucks but eventually i'm just like i can't mm-hmm. like every time someone's dog died i got paid a hundred bucks or something to draw it and i'm like this is eating a bit of my soul <laughs>
1: like, yeah, exactly i can imagine and then and every time art has what? 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 Been, been fire man oh, thanks man i appreciate yeah, it yeah. definitely
0: um then eventually i got to the point where when I, one of my friend's dogs dies i would just draw it and give it to them because i felt bad taking the money out of it i'm like i'm still going yeah. through the process of thinking about this dog boy so so yeah hip-hop's style. So.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah same thing yeah exactly starting to make money off something is what'll kill it definitely
0: yeah but it's it, but i mean this is i think it's probably a little different when it's when it's anime and hip-hop i mean yeah kinda, yeah because
1: it's not my shit it's for somebody else so like yeah. It's, it's 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 what it exactly it sounds like exactly what it is I'm getting hired to do something I do it and that's it. You know yeah, it is funny to too.
0: We we're talking before about back in the day there was the attitude of like you're not hip hop and you're not in you I don't like that you're doing this. I mean I remember mm-hmm. even in our own scene there was a lot of debating about who the acts were that got the the highest billing and what they were representing versus what other people were representing mm-hmm. to the eight people that were listening and yeah, yeah. it it kind of and now as we've gotten older and become more open-minded, these opportunities arise when it's like, when you don't look at the other people doing it as your competitors and you try to find a way to make them your, your allies and work towards common goals. It's amazing what actually happens,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. I mean, like when people ask me, like, you know, you know that you've found success over the past few years, it's like, I found success when I stopped fucking caring about what yes. everybody else thinks or like stopped making music to impress other people that made music. Like, that's a huge that's a that's a big one. And and that that's really what it is. It's like and I see that now, especially cats our age that still do it, like they, they're still jaded, man. And like you go into like these Facebook groups and stuff, and it's like people just love to just get gratification from other rappers. It's like rap for other rappers. Like things like things like for example, something that used to really piss me off was when like I would do a show and then the guy, the cats whoever went on either one on before us. Would leave before my set or whatever. Yeah. Like now, I get it. Like I don't care. I'm, that's not who I'm fucking performing right. for. I'm not performing right. for the other rappers. I don't care. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I mean, and that 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 kind of mentality is what, what what makes people so stuck. And I really wish people would would uh would kind of realize that. And another, I think, like another uh, one of the biggest issues is I think people got a little bit of like a, a warped perception of what putting in work is. You know, like. Writing, recording music, and doing shows isn't really putting in work. That's just like doing like the right. bare it, minimum. That's it's like indulging
0: yourself, essentially.
1: Yeah, like, like that's what you're doing. Like that's not really putting in work. So, like a lot of people just do that and then expect things to happen. And when they don't, they just hate everybody else that it happens for. Right. You know. So if you're not a people
0: person, you're not gonna really make it in this business. And it, no, it, exactly. You have to be. Yeah.
1: It's which is fine if that's if that if you know that. But like if you're like mad that no one's paying attention to you and you're an asshole it's like don't
0: well, be an asshole <laughs>
1: right yeah it's like being an asshole doesn't
0: doesn't really get you too far it's no. yeah i mean that that's a great point i mean there was a lot of rap that was made there was a lot of and i've been i've done this before rapping about rapping and that's what i'm oh, trying God. not <laughs> to
2: do. yeah
0: like i mean it, catch and wreck is one thing but like the rapping about rapping. whenever i catch myself doing that i just have to just hit myself in the hand of the yeah. ruler
1: rapping about rapping and rapping about rappers
0: Yes. Yes. And there's been a lot, like a lot of it is the need for validation is a very dangerous thing too. It's because people really sell art for people want to be out there, either make money or for validation. Mm -hmm. And the more I found, the more of divorce myself from those things when it comes to my art, I mean, I'm in a lot, I'm in a position where I can do that. I got a job and outside of it and whatever, Mm -hmm. but like validations a real dangerous drug to chase.
1: Yeah, very much. And, uh, Gets chased way too often. And that's yeah, especially rare, Rarely caught. <laughs> yeah, and with social media, that made it even even harder. You know, it's now validation is like all that exists in life for people. So,
0: yeah. are you know. you, So, to, I don't want to name, name your two, and I'll let you go pretty soon because I know we've mm-hmm. been talking for a while. Yeah, but yeah. when you... One thing I wanted to mention too about your albums that I really liked is that the the stuff I listened to today. And every time you put something out, I listen to it when it comes out. But you know, I listen to so much stuff that it's just so I went through it all again today. And I really liked how you you met you blended that boom bap sound with the modern sound without really losing e- either of it. Cause right. one of my biggest criticisms for a while of underground hip hop was everyone's like, we're taking it back to the eighties, taking it back to the, especially the nineties. And I'm like, look, there's still records made in the nineties. I haven't heard yet. I don't need your impression.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: And I think you did a really good job of blending the new with the old in a, in a way that I hadn't heard in a while. So I want to give you
1: props for that. I, gonna, man, I, I appreciate that. I think that just, I think that just comes with the with the point of like not being that like jaded older guy, you know what I mean? Like listening or like just experiencing culture, man. You know what I mean? Cause like that's really that's really all it is, man. It's like, you know, if if someone puts out a record that sounds like it's supposed to have been out in the nineties, that means they haven't really evolved as a human being. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, you know, you take pieces of who you are and you you know, you kind of push that forward, you know what I mean?
0: I had a um um, I think I'm getting the name right. I don't know a lot of these mumble rappers, but Lil Peep, he's one that passed away, I think, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. So I, if, if I'm wrong, um I apologize. But the point no, you is the same, right. you
1: know, that, was, that was the white kid, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I've i tried to listen to that type of music a few times and I've gotten, I just like, I, I, I can't figure it out. But I did mm-hmm. watch a documentary on his life and I saw they showed... His literally, you know, tapes, videos from his shows, and all of a sudden, seeing in the context started for it to actually make sense. And it's not that I really enjoyed it anymore or any less, but the context it finally gave me a context. I'm like, oh, this exists inside this greater world that this bigger world that I'm
1: just not a part of at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of goes. Yeah, definitely, that kind of goes hand in hand with someone like like ICP during our days. It was a fan of the music, but like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I respect it. That's it. (laughs) They're like, how
0: about if we were kissed, but we're going to rap instead. That sounds like it's going to make a lot of money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So So, sometimes we're not supposed to understand things. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the beauty of art. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why when you try to reverse engineer something by looking what someone else did and trying to break it down and do it for you, it it never works.
1: No, you'll, you'll lose automatically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so all right so what anything you got coming up um in 2023 you want to mention that uh you're excited um, about or
1: yeah definitely um i mean i'm back on the convention so t- this year i switched shows for conventions i did one show all year and i just mainly did anime conventions anime and uh, comic conventions all year so i'll probably get back on that tip in 2023 again but um I i'm trying to do a little more like actual performing as well but um I So I'll be on, back on that tip and um, myself and Paranom are putting out an EP to kind of like write off all this, the work we've been doing in anime and um, in springtime I'll probably be doing a lot of soundtracks but only one for sure I know that I finished already was uh, season three of the show Dr. Stone that's on Adult Swim uh, that comes out in the spring so I'll probably write off that for most of the year
0: awesome and then when this comes out i'll do an intro where i'll mention whatever you got coming at the time too, nope, nope. Whatever, if you have anything new coming out man nope, so nope. awesome i really appreciate you being here aztec uh check out aztec from hybrid thoughts on all different platforms and all that great shit and In uh work. yeah thank you very much for everything you've done for the scene for all the years as well i mean i i mm-hmm. honestly think that i the boston hip-hop scene is better for having you be a part of it and um there's been times where I think that I've seen different people take sides and different little beefs in Boston, and you were always the one in the middle that was either helping or at least not making it worse. And I think that man. actually is uh, <laughs> is harder to do than a lot of people might think. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it is not not easy. So we appreciate that. So appreciate you, man. Thank you. All
0: right, man. It's a pleasure.
1: Is there?
2: Mirror plan, felt the shame with the fallacy, tragic fear of Mandela brain. Skip reality, genetics, never questioned. Even we pick, seen my ancestors on a DMT trip. Prayers for the league go clever when you know the role. Layers to the ego. Seven to a totem pole, cut half the lineage. Block out the bloodline, pull down the lunar, rise up the sunshine. I Stay top of the king's court Reason I sleep late Columbus saw lights In the sky during midnight Ripped from the books Just to limit the insight So which fight Are we aiming ourselves for Shadows pay the price That's the karma stealth war So finish those lies Rebel with brass fists The indigo thrives And in the level as past this Merchant in the yard form old haberdash A mass conflict with a crowd full of coke Feed noble on the arch bow down to the throne seat Prime all prior to the higher ground Boss 9-9 all nighters in a Chinatown loft M-A-W a a hoe for the K-side Head up on the windows raw for the day ride.